God bless you, people of God. This is a segment I entitled A Moment of Truth. Have you ever been doing something, watching something or talking to someone and they say something to you? And before you realize it, the thing that they said unknowingly begins to minister to your soul and your spirit. Well, in these moments of truth, these are just captions and moments of revelation that God takes things that you don't think about. Movie, poem, song, something that somebody says to you. And in the next day or later that day, the Holy Spirit begins to unravel to you things about you concerning your relationship with God in life and concerning who you are according to what God has said. So stay tuned. Get your heart and your faith. This is a moment of truth that if you listen with your faith in your heart, you'll always hear God talking to you. God bless you. bless you people of God welcome again like I said to CBT change by truth I'm your host minister DK and I'm so excited to be here with you this afternoon to share with you another glorious and wonderful time um, in the spirit of God um, I, I want to to ask you a question and of course you know that's my plot asking questions but no seriously <clears throat> I need you to think about this what reflection or what projection is your salvation or your relationship with God revealing? Let me ask you one more time. What projection or reflection is your salvation and the blessings on your life? Where are they? What are they revealing to people who are looking at you? And this is going to be a quite different episode. I'm not going to put this into my uh, my my warfare um, episode because this is something that came to me by way of a conversation I was having with a loved one of mine. We were talking about this day and time, how now people now are seeming to be um, so in love with being saved, and so in love with Jesus, and so in love with the ideology of being preserved by the word of God. Until now, people are chasing now and believing God and chasing God and becoming advocates of the word of God seemingly for the reflection and the blessings that come to you by way of your relationship with God. Now, that's a lot of verbiage, but let me just say it plain to you. A lot of people now are chasing God for what God can do. That's what I said. A lot of people are chasing God, believing God for what God can do. And, and so me and, and my, 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 my family member, we was talking about this and he was telling me that a lot of people now in church in this day and time believe that the blessings that God gives you are more tangible and visible than believable. One more time, the blessing that God gives you, how you know you're blessed when God blesses you, the blessings are tangible and visible more than believable. See, 
I tell you what, before we get started, Father, we bless you. We thank you and we give you glory and honor for who you are and for what you have done in our lives. We ask you strip us naked, God, and bring the power and the strength and the revelation of who you are in your blood upon every believers that's listening upon their life. Let this word be, God, a motivator and stimulator to the truth of who you are in their lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. God, forgive me. Forgive me, y'all. But I had to put that prayer in there. What is your blessings on your life projecting and reflecting? Because what I was saying before I had to pray, the Lord had to ask me to pray before I was praying is that um, if you don't watch who's leading you, if you don't watch who you're following, very subtle, you will be believing that you're blessed because of what you can see in your life and what you can touch in your life. But this is the world that we live in nowadays. And the reason that we are in that position is because of the relationship between shepherd and sheep. You have to understand sheep now are animals that need to be led. And so they're led by what they see. They're led by what they smell. They're led by the voice of their shepherd. They're led by the relationship and trust that they have in their shepherd. So ultimately, sheep now follow what they believe, what they trust, what they're looking for, what they love. Now, on the flip side of that, when the shepherd now that's leading you, let's say your shepherd can't talk. Even if your shepherd, your pastor, your leader cannot talk to you, if he's a mute, what he does, how he moves, what he wears, what he drives, how he smells, all of those things stimulate and they form now the mindset of the sheep. You got to understand that. And so we see it all the time in church. If your pastor's blessed, then you're blessed. If your leader's blessed, then you're blessed. And so now what we're saying is that we're not blessed because God has blessed us. We're not blessed because we're in relationship with God. We're not blessed because the blood of Jesus covers my life. We're saying without realizing that we're blessed because of what we're looking at, what we're following, and what we love, which represents the leader. Now, before you go all chaotic on me, I'm not saying not to love your leader, but I'm saying be able to see Christ in your leader. That is key point because it's the relationship you have with Christ that helps you be able to bless your leader if you can touch him, oh God, more than you pray for him. This is the key point because what it is now and I use myself, for example, I have been in several of churches as a minister, as a servant, as one who would do the offering, one who would preach the word, one who would do communion, one who stood at the door and was a deacon and evangelism. I've done the work. I've taken, taken time to do the work. But never did I ask myself while I was doing the work, why am I doing it? Because what happens if you stay in an atmosphere long enough, if you look at a thing long enough, if you're around a thing long enough, you start now to desire the same blessing 
of the individual that you're following. Not realizing that God has given you your own anointing. And so now what it is, is that a lot of people are, are troubled because they don't see uh, them being blessed the way other people are being blessed. They are not riding in the same cars as other people are riding in. They're not living the same way other people are living. And so when I begin to look at this thing, it, it begins to bother me. And I said, God, you, you have to show me why is this the way? Because I don't have the house preachers, pastors have. I don't have the bank account they have. But he said, you have my anointing. He said, you have my spirit. And then the Lord asked me a question. He said, why are people looking for some great thing in me while they're saved? They're looking for some great thing in me without realizing there's no greater thing in Christ than the day that he saved you from a burning hell. Now, glory to God. I don't care how long you've been saved. It does not get sweeter than the day that he touched your life and said you belong to me. Glory to God. Everything you experience after that touch confirms the fact that he saved you. Everything you do after that touch confirms the fact that he loves you. Everything you do after that touch shows you that he's faithful to you even when you're not faithful to him or even yourself. And so now we're in a time now where people call themselves blessed because of what's visible and tangible. Hallelujah. What is your blessings and your relationship with God reflecting? Because if the things that you have in your life, if the way that you're living in your life cannot help somebody believe God, then what's the purpose? I want to share something with you. I need you to listen to this. I'm reading out of the book of Matthew chapter 26, uh, and I'll start with verse 51. And this is when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and, and Peter and the boys was with him. And, and it says that um, uh, verse 49 and forthwith he came to Jesus and he said, hail master and kissed him. Talking about Judas now, Judas kissing Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, friend, wherefore art thou come? Where'd you come from? Then came they and laid their hands on Jesus and took him. The cops came and got Christ. And it says, and behold, one of them which were with Jesus, now he's talking about Peter. Peter, who was with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his knife and struck the servant of the high priest and smote off his ear, took his ear off. Then said Jesus unto Peter, listen now, put up again thy sword unto his place. Put your sword up. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my father? Jesus said, you don't think I can pray to my father? And he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. But now then shall the scriptures be fulfilled, 
that thus it must be. I want to read that to you because I want you to see something in a different light. Jesus is getting arrested, betrayed by one of his own disciples. When his disciple kissed him, Judas, that was the sign to the cops to come and grab him and take him into custody. When they took Jesus into custody, another one of Jesus' disciples, Peter, took out his switchblade, his sword, and he chopped the man's ear off that laid hands on Jesus. Jesus told him to put your sword up. Then Jesus reached down and he took the man's ear and he put it back onto his head. And then he told Peter, all they that live by the sword shall die by the sword. And then he said, do you not think that I cannot pray to my father in heaven and he would not give me 12 legions of angels? I want to read that to you to let you know this. We live in a time now where people now are presenting the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven by what they wear, what they have, their bank accounts. And you're only blessed because of what you have. You have the anointing on God because of what you can produce, how anointed your hands are, how big your house is, how fat your car is, and all of these things. And people really believe that you're really God's favorite because you're favored by God, because you have the blessings of God. Your anointing now is mixed in with all types of things and God is reigning on your life and you're only blessed and favored when you look like you have done open heaven or heaven is reigning on you. But people of God, Jesus was in the climax of his life and all of his humanity and his comfortability was being taken from him in deception by his own people. And Peter was going to protect the man of God by killing or taking off a man's ear. And Jesus said, and I'm going to paraphrase this for you. Jesus said, look, hold on. All that live by the sword shall die by the sword. That's key. What a, However you live, whatever you depend on is what you die by. He was telling Peter, you're, you're one of mine. And you don't have to defend yourself or pretend that you depend or depend on something to take care of you. He said, I will take care of you. If you choose to let the sword take care of you, you're, you're going to die depending on the sword. But if you learn to let me take care of you. You will live forever with my blessings upon your life. Jesus said this in this key. Do you not think that if I call and pray to my father in heaven, that I cannot open the windows of heaven and I cannot have anything that I want? Do you not think I cannot have the angels come down and take care of me? Do you not think that I cannot have uh, all of these soldiers arrested for touching me? Do you not think that I could have anything that I ask if I ask my father? He said, but I'm not here on the earth to let you realize that I'm from heaven. I'm not here on the earth for you to realize that I have an anointing because I can get from heaven that something that you can see on the earth. He said, that's not why I'm here, but I'm not here for heaven's sake. I'm here for righteousness sake. See, if you got to see something to believe you're blessed, you've missed God all the way around. 
if you've got to live in something to be blessed, you've missed God all the way around. What is righteousness? If you can't stand righteous and right by yourself, we have to get to a point that we understand that the blessing and the, the richness of the anointing of God has nothing to do with what you see and you can touch. God doesn't love you more if you're $10 million rich or if you have two pennies and live behind a school in a cardboard box. He's not there for that. What he wants you to know is that wherever you live, understand that you're blessed because he saved you. People of God, we live in a time now where there is, I call it a Thomas remnant. There is a remnant of people, you might call them millennials, or whatever the case may be, but there is a remnant of people who are educated, who are intelligent and smart, and they're looking for Christ, but they're not looking for Christ through the word. They're looking for Christ through example, through proof, through miracle, through example, through, through the move of God, through the spirit of God. Thomas said, I will not believe that Christ lives unless I can put my finger in his nail hole and my hand in his side. That's what Thomas said. I will not believe. And the people who was this, the disciples that was in the upper room with, with Thomas when he said that they had just got breath on by God. God had just finished filling them with the Holy Spirit. And even though they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they could not win Thomas to Christ or make him believe because they did not have a hole in their hand or a, a, a cut in their side. In other words, they didn't have the proof that the anointing is not pretty, but the anointing is ugly. The anointing is painful. The anointing is for you to share and win somebody to Christ. Jesus walks through the door here, put your hand in my nail hole. Put your hand in my side. And Thomas dropped to his feet and said, Lord, I believe. And the Lord said, no, Thomas, you don't believe. You believe because you've seen. Blessed are they that believe and have not seen. All I'm trying to tell you, people of God, is that the anointing and the blessings of God has nothing to do with what you see but what you have not seen. Stop chasing what you can live in and you can wear. Why take the chance to stand in front of God in your most immaculate clothes and your jewelry and God turns his face from you? Bible says that Jesus was as a tender root out of dry ground. That is not a glorious sight. And his physical statue was nothing to be boasted on. But if you ever stood in the presence of Christ Jesus when he walked the earth, if you ever took time to stand and have a conversation with him and he touched you, your life was changed forever. How does your relationship and your blessings reflect God? What are your blessings showing and telling people? Are you telling people, are they telling people that if you serve God, you'll live good, you'll spin good, you'll smell good, you'll sleep good, you'll ride good? Or is the reflection and the blessings and the anointing on your life telling people that if you serve God, you are good. If you serve God, oh God, goodness is your reward. You don't have to get something good when you become the goodness. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to share with you something to think about.
What is the blessing and the anointing on your life reflecting uh, God to people? Are you favored and blessed because you know Christ? Or are you favored and blessed because of stuff? Jesus said, I can open the heavens at any time and get anything I want. But he said, I'm not here to prove, God help me. I'm not here to prove that I'm blessed. I'm not here to prove that I'm anointed. I'm here to prove to you, I love you. And it takes an anointed person touched by God and fellowship with God, trusting in God to love somebody and win somebody and encourage somebody who don't know God. Bible says, what good, what good thing have you done by loving somebody that loves you? But I tell you that you've done a great thing when you love those that hate you. Is your anointing drawing somebody to Christ? Or is your anointing just telling people that if you live for Christ, you'll live good. You'll ride good and spend good. God bless you, people of God. Ask God for a true anointing that you can look like him. Not a king in a castle riding around with chariots and horns blowing, but that you can resemble a tender root out of dry ground. Glory to God, because a lot of Christians, they want to be tender, but they don't want to be in dry ground. But dry ground is what needs life. Dry ground is what needs the moisture and the water and the living water of Christ. Dry ground. People will come for miles around Taste and see that God is good when you present a God that is good. Father, we thank you and we give you glory for the moment of truth. Keep us centered, God. Keep the people knowing and understanding that we need the anointing that would draw people and persuade people to come and reach into our testimony and our life and see that God is not only a good God, but he's a dependable God. And God, when we live in you and move in you and have our being in you, we won't worry about what we live in, ride in and spend in, in the earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. People of God be blessed. And remember, God never told you to fight the devil. He told you to fight the good fight of faith because when you fight the good fight of faith you always end up where God wants you to end up regardless of what the devil does until we talk again be blessed be empowered and always <laughs> be faithful amen